Welcome to Exploring Possibility. I'm your host, Christopher Giel, and with this show, my mission is to empower you. I want to inspire those who have forgotten their true worth, their highest potential, and their ultimate capability. I'll be exploring topics that are aimed towards personal growth to help you gain insight and approach life with new perspectives. I want you to increase your impact and help you live a more fulfilling life because limited thinking equals limited being. Let the show begin. Hi there, guys, and welcome to Exploring Possibility. I'm your host, Christopher Hill, and with this show, my mission is to empower you. So just thank you for everyone who is tuning in today, who is tuning in to just listen, get inspired, get motivated, get empowered, and who's yet to, you know, expand their, their potential. I mean, so many of us sometimes forget, you know, what we're capable of and what we can do with ourselves, with our bodies, with our minds. And I think sometimes discussions like these help us to just propel us forward and help us gain a little bit more perspective on what's possible and what's, you know, achievable and, and what else we can perhaps look at. So if you are tuning in for the first time, I would just like to say like, welcome. I hope you have a great experience and I'm really happy to know that you are here today. Outside of that, my usual listeners, guys, so happy to have you guys here, my normal community. And uh, I look forward to jumping into today's episode. So as we go into this episode, I want to start by just sharing with you a little bit more about today's guest. So today's guest is Gavin Shuskolsky. So just a little bit more about Gavin before we jump in is uh, Gavin, he's been working as an executive coach, also as a facilitator and a mediator since 2004. So he's been quite, he's been in that industry for quite a while. His coaching practice integrates uh, leadership coaching, team coaching, group coaching, and also then international telephonic coaching, which I think is very relevant for today's day and age. He's also actually an admitted attorney of the High Court of South Africa. He's got a diploma in life and business coaching through the coaching center, and he's also accredited to time to think coach, among many other things. So he's got quite a few things under his belt, and there's a lot of experience behind him that he's going to be sharing with us today. He, he designs and he delivers his coaching interventions, uh, as well as supervise and trains coaches all the time. That's his business. He's, as you'll see in this episode, he's, he's a very effective person in the sense of being able to support someone to think for themselves. He's very effective in the way that he helps you to manage stress levels and how to create more balance in life. And that is very, very, very clear within this episode. He helps people to just, you know, gain the clarity, be more purposeful and be more action orientated as you'll hear within this episode. He's very focused on that. So just with regards to this episode, we touched on going to the mental gym, especially during this time or any uncertain times in your life as uh, today we are all in lockdown. We are experiencing COVID-19, but he speaks about this idea of going to the mental gym and how that's going to help you going forward in life to deal with any other types of uncertainties that you may come across. We also just jumped into you know how we can change or add meaning to things that happen to us and how we can look at, at the situation from a different perspective. We touched on gratitude. We touched on intentionality. And we also just touched a little bit on the things that numb us and medicate us and how, it takes, how, how that it takes you away from your real experience. There were so many insights within this episode and you'll see the the format is slightly different from a usual episode. We, we jumped in and we, we had a long discussion. Like I, had, I shared so much about my own personal life. He shared about his life. And then he just sort of like rolled into all of his insight and experience, like bundled into one answer. And then I would do the same. I would reflect and, and sort of like shoot back to him what I got throughout his answer. And then he'd expand on top of that. It was quite a, 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 a filled episode, like a action filled episode. And there are tons of insight within this episode. So I hope that you are excited. I hope that you're ready to learn. As you go throughout this episode, there's like an underlying theme of resilience and endurance that comes through. And you'll start to see that by the end. So as you go throughout this episode, I'd like you to just think about your own capabilities and your own abilities to handle uncertainty in your life. How is that working out for you? Are you able to handle uncertainty in a way that is empowering or destructive? 
So think about that as the core question throughout this episode and see which nuggets you can pull and use in your own life. So let's go, let's, let's explore this topic. Let's explore this person, Gavin Shaskolsky, as he takes us through a nice journey and helps us to, you know, live more inspired, live more in a way that embraces uncertainty and, you know, in a way that we can tap into our own power of endurance. There we go, guys. So you had an introduction for Gavin today, and I'm just going to quickly jump in and say that I'm super excited just to chat to him today. And especially during these these times that we start, like find ourselves in, in this uncertain space, in this space of not knowing what to do next or what to even expect next. Um, it makes it, it makes it a very tough time to sort of just stay grounded and stay focused and like just needing to know where we are going to go next. So yeah, like I mentioned before, I love chatting about things that can still, even during this time, explore the possibilities in life, explore how we can grow, explore how we can stay focused, stay mindful, intentional, and all those beautiful things as we go forward into this interesting journey. So yeah, today, as I, as I mentioned before, I've got Gavin on the show. So Gavin, welcome to Exploring Possibility. Super excited to have you on the show today. Yeah, Chris, thank you. Um, super excited to have a conversation. I think um, in the toughest times, it's the most important to think about possibilities um, and also be caring enough for ourselves to recognize that that uh, comes amidst very kind of big uh, changing currents and tides and waves around us. So um, yeah, I look forward to seeing where the conversation goes and uh, yeah, thanks for having me on the show. I'm excited for this. I'm super excited. I always love having these types of discussions. And that's typically where I love starting when I chat to people is I'm asking them, like, how do you, like, how do you inject yourself into these types of conversations? Do you even inject yourself into these types of conversations where you explore possibility, where you explore growth, where you explore the things that can actually take you out of these uncertain times a little bit, you know, where they can just empower you in, in some form or some way. But, but before we start jumping into all those awesome things, like the people that are listening to Exploring Possibility perhaps haven't heard about you. So if they have not, like, just tell us like briefly who is Gavin. Uh, just tell us a little bit more about yourself. Cool. Yeah, well, I think it's a question I'm going to still ask myself to the <laughs> day I pass on. Um, so I'll I start with the personal action. So for me, the most important parts of who I am is that I – um, I have a, my wife, Justine, uh, been married uh, 18 years now, which happened during lockdown as well. Oh. Um, <laughs> beautiful daughter, Ruby. So for me, my most important job is how I lead myself so I can lead at home as a, as a dad and as a husband um, and then move that into the world, um, obviously into those circles of my family, community, etc. And that overlaps really well with my work. So um in my workspace, I, I guess from a vision perspective, I get to partner with um, leaders who have influence and so to make the world a better place, which is really important to me. I have businesses that um, focus on providing world-class coaching globally. Um, I do that work myself, of course, um, but I also really get energized and excited about exposing and bringing in top quality coaches um, onto uh, client projects. Um, and I love the process of managing a coaching engagement in various different ways that they show up um, with the client, with the coaches and for myself as well. Um, and so coaching actually happened to me as a career. My background, I'm, I mean, I'm an attorney, which is quite far <laughs> from what I do today. Um, I have a business science background, um, Worked a bit in the financial sector um, when Y2K was meant to be something significant. Interestingly, we're talking about COVID probably, but today there was a whole lot of panic and thoughts around what that would be. And what it landed up for me was a perfect window into a new career, um, which was more an evolution than a direct choice. But when we think about possibilities, um, I love the idea of considering what the legacy of this time will be. And so maybe we'll, we'll get into some details later. One of my clients that I had a call with earlier this week is a super interesting thinker. Um, and he said to me, you know, I know there's a lot going on. He's an MD of a business. I've got to think about a few things. But there's a question in my mind when I go to sleep, which is what's the legacy of COVID? 
and how am I preparing myself and my people, um, including my family and my company, for this legacy? And that's been sitting on my mind, actually, since that call on Tuesday. And so I'm sure we'll go into possibilities, but that's, that's the kind of question that I love. So I'm a, I'm a, I really love questions. I love um, being curious about people and culture and where things will go and evolve. Um, and so for me, uncertainty, while it is uncomfortable, like it is for many people, I think building a muscle to get okay and be okay with uncertainty and discomfort is um, a lever and an edge in our time. Um, and so as we all sit navigating these uncertain times, those who've been going to the mental gym more than others, um, meditating more, putting in some you know, morning hours or reflection or prayer or um, any other forms of navigating reflection and mindfulness and presence in our days, we'll have a little bit more bandwidth to navigate. And probably what we'll talk about, hopefully, as we go is, for me, a very important value uh, as a leader, which is endurance. And I don't think we speak about endurance enough in our world. And I think right now is a good time to talk about the behavior and the value of endurance. And uh, it's something that for me is not just important in leadership and work, but across my life. So for me, it's uh, one of my top values that I look to build and live. Um, so we'll probably talk more about that. But as you can tell, when people ask me who I am, I tend to shy away from what I do and speak more about um, you know, who I'm becoming and who I've become until this point. Uh, and I think that's a much more interesting conversation over dinner than, or this, than others. And so I tend to go to who am I, what am I interested in, and what am I becoming? I'm very, very, very happy that you just mentioned that. And that's the reason uh, why, like, I also love questions. And I love structuring questions in a way that brings me a specific answer. And that's why I specifically asked you, tell me a little bit more about yourself instead of what do you do? Because that mm. tells me a little bit more about yourself. And then that's where we dig into who the person is. And I've seen even having or like throwing that question out to people, they'll still go, no. So I, I do this. I make, I mean, you know, I'm a this, I'm a that. I do this every day. And then I'm like, what about you? What, you know, what's, what's left? <laughs> what, what else is there? And you, yeah. and you mentioned how you lead yourself and how you have this, this vision for yourself. And I think mm. just for people listening to that part there, that is crucial. I mean, if you're able to get up every day and lead yourself, get up every day and you, you're heading towards your vision, so you're taking the actions that are taking you step by step closer to your vision, that to me is already a golden nugget. So just, I want people to listen intentionally while they go through this episode and just try and find these nuances, these small things, mm. which you can take with you because I also, or always rather, listen out for these types of things. And I feel I find a lot of my answers like in the lines in between, you know? So just thank yeah. you for sharing that. I think that's, that's very, very cool. And um, I want to jump into this now. You, you were speaking about the, the typical sort of like uh, bandwidth that we'll have available. Like some of us will have more than others. <clears throat> and as mm. you said that, I just saw this person on this field who was playing this game and it was a very like tough um, very physical game like rugby, something similar to that. And mm. the person is playing the game, but they never conditioned themselves beforehand. So they got crippled in that game, like within the first yeah. minute or so. They were taken off of the stretcher. And that's like what came to, came to my mind. And it feels like we now are sort of on that sort of like rugby battlefield where we're stepping into a space where we might not be conditioned or we might be conditioned. So having that as a start for us, of handli handling uh, uncertainty and handling things that, you know, uh, that we might not have pre prepared for. Like you were speaking about how we can, in a way, increase our bandwidth. So what it, exactly did you mean by that? Mm -hmm. If we had to just go in a little bit deeper, like where can someone start if they want to think about conditioning themselves a little bit better and maybe just approach their lives mm -hmm. a little bit different so they can structure it and, and change it. So if this ever happens again, which it will, there's always uncertain times coming. How can we start? Where do we start with this? Yeah, look, so I think firstly, I think that if we step back from this happening again, <clears throat> just go with where I am in the present moment and what are the opportunities that are there for me to adjust. I think the first part is to say, is this happening to me? And how much am I allowing that to happen to me? 
How much am I responding to what's going on around me and navigating within my kind of sphere of influence or control? So let's take a simple, a couple of simple examples, right? Call with a client this morning. She says, you know, I'm sitting on calls from 8.30 till 6 o'clock every day. And the only difference is before I was moving from meeting to meeting, now I feel like I'm sitting, but I'm not going anywhere. So here's a few things that I think we could immediately take off that just small slice. Um, and I won't go into the details of our conversation, but the first part was, okay, how long do you commute to work before this? And what are you doing with that time now? So if your commute time was, let's take a rough estimate of most people's day would be an hour, 45 minutes, let's say. Are you now using that time to catch up on news, to um, get lost in social media, to, I don't know, whatever it is that's not being driven by you? Or are you taking that commute um, and rather taking the time out now to think about your day ahead? Um, and as your day ends, if your commute was coming home, is how's your day been and how have you played that game of rugby you were talking about? How do you prepare for tomorrow's game? And that becomes a rhythm of a day. And that rhythm of a day then builds into a rhythm of a week and into a month and so on. And when we're in uncertain times, it becomes more and more critical to actually focus into where are my strengths? What can I lean into and build off rather than what's out of my control and what have I not kind of put together yet? So again, if we go to this rugby analogy, right? If I have the strength of being able to visually read the spaces around me, and understand strategy and how the game works. And I'm not the biggest guy on the field and I'm not the fittest, but I've got ball skills. Let me make sure I'm not spending too much time running with the ball <laughs> into big guys ahead of me, but I'm actually looking for the spaces and I'm putting other people into those spaces. So just as an example, I can start leveraging my strengths. So that's the second thing I would say. Think about your commute and how you're using that time. I would certainly encourage, and um, tomorrow I've blocked out some time, I'm probably going to put together a short video um, on a few reflective questions to think about at the end of your day and a few to start out your day. So you can be, we can be more intentional. The other thing then, if we go back to the example I was sharing about this client is, it's really interesting how many people are now working, well, all of us in a virtual space, but how many of us are sitting still for hours and hours on end. I've had countless clients in countless countries in the last few weeks say to me, but I'm not even taking enough space to go to the toilet. I'm eating my lunch at my desk, which is no different to maybe how you might do it at work. But even at work, you're walking to and from somebody else's office. You're driving to a customer or a client or to a site or whatever. So what I think is really important, and one of my Microsoft clients um, shared this with me because he understands um, Outlook very well, there's a feature in there that you can build in focus time into your calendar um, and then it reminds you to do that and it also kind of keeps that space for you. Um, and so in my day, in your day, what small gaps are you building in to recover? So have 55-minute calls rather than an hour as much as it's in your, your control. Have 30-minute calls and 45-minute calls. Build in a lunch. Spend time with your family. If you're at home and your kids are at home and you always – kind of struggling with the fact that you don't see your family enough. What an amazing opportunity, making sure that you take it. And if the response is, well, I don't have that time because I'm on so many calls, then I would strongly suggest and I would challenge how much you're driving your day. Um, I work with people at really senior levels who are often needing to be in um, a lot of calls. And the ones that are the most effective are able to get the right people in the room, which means if I don't need to be there, who in my team needs to be? Um, and if I do need to be there, okay, what do I bring to that meeting so that I'm actually in the right meetings in the day and I'm not now being pulled all over the place, which I think a lot of people are at the moment. Um, so I think being quite discerning about the breaks in my day um, and I, I even encourage people in moving, get up while you're on the call where you can if you're not on video, put it on your headset. Um, when you've got a gap between calls, do a few push-ups, skip, do some sit-up, do something to move the physical energy in your body. Um, re, you know, keep hydrated. These are all very simple things that we can read about in a magazine, um, but not then implement and do. I think just one final thing for now, and then I'll pause, is that if we go back to the commuting piece, 
and think about reflecting and journaling in my day, if I ask myself four simple questions, let's say, and I'm just going to build these as we go, but the first goes, and I think it's an important point to start with, what am I most grateful for today? The fact that I have a job still, the fact that I have some sense of security, and not all of us listening to this will have that in the same way. It's in a range. But at least what am I grateful for? I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful that I can breathe. I'm grateful that I've got an office I can work from home. I'm grateful that I've got some sense of job security for the time being, whatever it might be, because that sets up a positive mindset, a state. And when I'm grateful, I can't be afraid at the same time. It's just not physiologically possible. And so that gratitude sets up a positive mind frame to then say, what are my key priorities for today? What are the three top things I need to make sure that I do? And then very importantly, again, going back to the game analogy, how do I want to show up today? I think is really important, right? So how do I want to mentally, emotionally, physically be in this day? Because then I can have some sort of blueprint to assess how I'm responding to my day. Am I getting overreactive? Am I exhausting myself? And then build my brakes back in. And so that second question says, well, how do I want to show up? And then, so the third question from there can be, well, what do I need to watch out for in my day that can trip me up? Something like that. Um, And then I can have that in front of me as I navigate my day. And a fourth question which can go along my day is, what am I learning about myself and others right now? Because that, when we come to reflecting on the day, at the end of the day, I can use as raw materials for a better day tomorrow, for a better me a better rhythm, a better routine, um, a better approach. Um, and so the excuse I might be using now, like my one client said, is I'm in meetings from 8.30 until 6 anyway, to go, well, if I wanted to take a few breaks, why didn't I? What stopped me? And if it truly is all about other people and I didn't have any influence, okay, that's a challenge. But most likely, I've got at least 1% of influence. And so I should be able to buy a few minutes in my day um, to navigate a little different. So those are just a few thoughts to maybe start off. I'll just pause there to see how they're landing and see what questions or thoughts you might want to build onto that. Well, as I'm listening to you, I just find that you are super mindful and intentional about your day and how you want it to go. So you're very, mm-hmm. very intentional. And you also build these small actions and sort of like blocks into your day, which is super helpful because you sort of like put that into the calendar. That's going to happen to tomorrow. That's the, the way I plan it. And if I don't plan it, someone else or something else is going to fill up that time slot, yeah. right? So, yeah. and I find this the same for me. I have to literally schedule it into my calendar so that I know that's blocked out time for me. This is blocked out time for me and my family. This is blocked mm. out time. And, and it's not going to go like that all the time, but at least if it's scheduled, it can go like that for 80, 90% of the time instead of yeah. not. <laughs> so that's yeah. something very, very interesting that you, you mentioned there is the, the amount of, of mindfulness and intentionality that you bring mm. just to your day. And the key thing there is how you actually start the day. Um, being grateful, one which I also, I love doing the, the grateful, the gratitude in the morning, just being grateful. And that sort of just sets my state um, in, in such a way that I feel good. Like I feel mm. like I'm not thinking about the stress, the stressful things and the things that induce anxiety and the things that like bulls, you know, I'm not thinking about the bulls or about the news that I heard yesterday about yesterday. Not that I listened to a lot of news, but if, if I was, <laughs> it's typically mm. negative. Um, Second was the key priorities, setting that up. I think that's where we get to like putting things into your calendar. Know what is the key priority for today? Like what is the things that I need to achieve today or want to, should? And uh, how do we show up? I think all of these things, it shows me that the people who are going to go through this in a better, how am I going to say this? I don't want to say in a better way, but um, more, be, who are going to be more resilient are going to be the people mm. who are more prepared with every mm. day that shows up. So it's the people that show up, they do these things that you were speaking about. They have their key priorities. They, they put gratitude into their mornings. They also ask, and I love how you mentioned that last, how, like, what are you learning? Because if mm. we can take that away, you are already smarter and stronger and ready for tomorrow. You've got one, one more insight, one more key lesson one more habit mm. that, you, that you know about that you can build or one more 
blind spots that you can perhaps work on tomorrow. So, yeah, in my opinion, if we just like keep building on these these small things, I think we can actually finish the episode now. <laughs> I'm happy. We're good to go. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm I'm joking about this because we can chat now for another hour, like, and people will just listen through and perhaps not take action or not realize the importance of the small things or the simple things. Although mm-hmm. it's not easy all the time, it's simple. I mean, yeah. just being grateful, just having a key priority. It's something you need to think about. Like you have to be intentional mm-hmm. about it. You have to be mindful. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, th- I think there's so many key things that you mentioned. And I think the, the, the next question that comes up is, I now understand how we can set ourselves up for the day. I now also understand and have a little bit of a different perspective, perhaps, of how we can at least prepare to be stronger in the future is by doing things Mm. that you mentioned um, and thinking about those things, asking these powerful questions every single time. But for those that aren't prepared, for those that haven't Mm. perhaps prepared, and are now in crisis or are now in yeah. anxiety and it's struck mm. them and they might be listening to this episode. It, it might be one of them. Yeah. What is your, what is your go-to question? What is your, your advice for someone that's, that's right there? Is it, is it, is it to just become still and observe? Like what, what do you say to people that come to you and, and come with anxiety or come with, you know, the stress, you can see this, this body that's full of stress or like, what is your, what is yeah. your take now on, on someone who's already there and perhaps haven't prepared? Mm. Yeah. So that's a great question with a, a number of layers. So the first response is that if you're not feeling anxious right now, you're lying to yourself and all the <laughs> people around you. Right? Cool. That's just the bottom line. It's impossible to go through uncertainty, discomfort and a total upheaval of everything we think we know about whatever we call it normal is. Um, and and kind of say, yeah, I'm not feeling anxious. So the first part, I think, in any any human being, right, is that we have a range of emotions moment to moment, never mind in a day, right? I can go from joy to anxiety to relief to excitement to uh, jealousy and anger in the space of a minute, right, depending on what's in my space. The, the question is, what ability have I developed to this point to endure that and navigate that? And if I haven't, the first step is to acknowledge it to myself. And I think we have spent so much of our time as a collective society getting away from ourselves, whether it is through, you know, the more coffees I drink, the cooler I am, the the less sleep I've had, the more achievement orientated I am, the more I perform. And what I've really enjoyed in myself and, and in people I work with, maybe some of the people around me now noticing is that we really at a deeper level now recognizing that we've been reaching for the wrong holy grail. We've been reaching for um, ingredients that have been fed to us, particularly in mass media, of how you can be your best self, but they're constantly actually taking us away from ourselves because we buy into what it should be for society, not for me as Gavin. So if Chris or Gavin want to be their best selves, I have to start where I am. So, whether I've got, whether I can do a hundred push-ups a day or one push-up a day, right, or a thousand, it actually doesn't matter what other people can do. What does matter is do I have the intent and the commitment to sweat, to be uncomfortable and to build this day by day? Because if I do have that, then I can track it. And if I can do two push-ups tomorrow and only one today, that's a hundred percent improvement or fifty percent, whatever it is. But that's significant. So the first part is whatever I feel as a human being in this moment, let me normalize that and say it's okay. Too much of our time we've been taught and told and we tell ourselves, therefore, it's not okay to feel pain. You must always be positive. You must always feel this. You must always feel that. I saw a really cool short-term Simon Sinek one-minute piece where he gave the difference between a positive mindset and an optimistic one. I think it's a really cool piece. He says, being positive can ignore reality. Mm. Um, This Mm. is me reframing his words. Being optimistic has a positive outlook on the future, knowing that it might not happen, but I choose that optimistic, positive outlook. And so I think that coming back to the first part, which is my anxiety in the moment, is if I haven't built mechanisms to be with that, then this is the time to do it. 
And if I find that really, really challenging, well, okay, that's okay. I've got to start somewhere. If I'm going to try and keep avoiding it, like some of my mates and other people around, it's like I'm running out of cigarettes, I'm running out of booze. Like I get it, but in another way, that's good. Like run out of the things that medicate and numb us, right? Because they take us away from our real experience and that's all emotions. You want to run away from your anxiety and your fear, great. But then you're going to run away from your joy and your gratitude as well. So the beauty about being in the moment and developing this muscle, which is uncomfortable in the moment often, is that I get to also experience all the other emotions that I truly want to reach out for and experience, but then I also experience them. So in the fleeting moment of my anxiety in this moment, if I'm sitting outside and the sun touches my body and I'm having a cup of tea outside while I feel anxious, can I actually hold both of those and start experiencing the range? Because we are paradoxical human beings. There's not one human being, unless they're enlightened on this earth, who constantly feels joy, happy, brilliant, wonderful. Forget it. It's just not going to happen. I can tell you my day oscillates emotionally a lot, but what I have developed and what I keep focusing on is the ability to come back to how I'm feeling in the moment and let that pass, whatever it is, right? So being in the moment is a lot harder than, a lot easier to say than it is to do. So that's the first part is normalizing where I'm at. Because that then allows me to develop what I think is a totally underutilized and under-focused or spoken about um, behavior. And that is self-compassion, right? So there's a lot of talk in leadership around empathy. It's a wonderful and important capability and behavior. And one cannot, I cannot be empathetic unless I've had enough depth of self-awareness and enough of my own sense of being with my own vulnerability, my own anxieties, my fears, my fragility, and developing enough muscle to go, wow, there are parts of Gavin that really hurt sometimes and really struggle. Um, And while I am like, you know, a global coach, I have my own world and I struggle in those spaces as well. That leans though into the other value I spoke about earlier and the behavior, which is about endurance. And when you look at endurance as a, let's say we define it, what is endurance? It's the ability or the strength, right? to um, continue or last through stress, difficulty, and uncertain circumstances. So isn't that a great behavior to be developing right now in this world, given that it's only going to accelerate in different ways? And so the second part is, am I spending my moments in my day building the kind of capabilities, behaviors, and mindset that I want rather than focusing on the ones that I don't want anymore. Because those don't need a lot of food to, you know, like, you know, when you, you know, knickknacks, right? Knickknacks has a lot of MSG. For those who might be listening outside of South Africa, it's a chip that once you have one, you have to have the whole like lot, right? So most people's behavior is like a knickknack. It's like, I just keep eating the same thing because it tastes really good in the moment, but I really don't feel great 10 minutes, an hour, or two days later. And I feel regret and I feel guilt and I feel bad. I'd much rather eat something that's healthier for me that doesn't uh, really give me the momentary, like, ah, I feel so amazing now, but it builds day to day into a muscle of health, vitality, well-being. And so the choice in every single moment is do I go into the intention of where I want to be and live from or do I allow that to happen to me? And so wherever you are in the spectrum right now, going back to your question of, I have the muscles developed well in me or I've barely scratched the surface. You have a choice. I have a choice in this moment. And it doesn't help me to look at somebody else and go, wow, I wish I had built that 20 years ago. Well, they built it 20 years ago. Good luck for them. And let them be a shining example and a role model for me. I remember a couple of years ago, I was watching a documentary about Rake Nietland, the gold medalist. And he said, you know, It's really cool that people recognize me today for my gold medals, but for the many years when I was swimming at four o'clock in the morning, doing thousands of lengths, no one knew who I was and I didn't know I would become anyone from an accomplishment perspective. The fact is he still kept doing that. Now, I can't sit there and go, I wish I had Rake Lietman's life, but I can sit there and take inspiration and say, well, okay, if he did that day to day for year on year, for for decades Mm. to achieve a gold medal, 
then what's my gold medal in my life? And it might be spending more time with my kids. And now I have flexibility to work from home. And when I return to work, um, I'm, I'm going to have a lot more possibility now to actually work from home two days a week or three days a week or even five days a week because that's the new normal. That's the great opportunity. So when we talk about the possibilities that the virtual digital age opens up, they are huge. Um, they're huge with their challenges because we've got to adapt and be agile. Um, but if I really think about them intentionally, I can influence my manager, my leader, the people around me um, to make them more aligned to the kind of lifestyle that I want to have. Um, so again, I would go back to wherever you are on the spectrum, wherever I am, I have a choice in this moment. And it's easier said than done, but it doesn't mean I shouldn't do it. Make the choice. I need to make the choice for myself. I want to make the choice for myself. That goes in alignment with my vision. So just a final point on this, because it was really interesting. One of my clients said this morning, um, you know, she, she got a little uh, picture or video that said, you know, uh, 2020 wasn't like this on my vision board, right? <laughs> it didn't look like this when I thought about it. <laughs> no one wanted the year to look like this. Um, the opportunity, though, goes, okay, so if it doesn't look like how I wanted it to, within my influence and control, what can I do to create that vision? And that includes, by the way, another client of mine yesterday said, that's all well and good, Gavin, but when I feel the pressure, the stress and the anxiety hit me in my throat, she said to me, because that's where it hits her, what do I do? I said, well, let's think about it. So instead of me answering the question, 10 minutes later, she had a list of 10 things she could do. <laughs> all very practical, all straight in front of it. And that got nothing to do with me as a coach. Mm -hmm. It's got to do with her feeling anxious and stressed and going, let me ask someone else what to do. Let me read it in a magazine. Let me go online and figure it out. Let me pause. Let me think. Let me be uncomfortable. And I will figure this out. And of course, it helps to think with another person. But here she is with practical things. And they were simple things like, take a few minutes to be with my daughter in my gaps between meetings. Have a cup of tea outside. Start my day with meditation for her. So whatever it is, they are right there and they're more accessible than ever because if you're working from home now, um, you don't have to even change into work clothes half the time. You know? So I think there's a lot more possibility if we allow ourselves to be agile, open-minded and allow for the range of emotions that are absolutely going to be there. Um, but to normalize that, everybody else is going through their own challenges as well. So reach out to friends and colleagues to support you is probably also really important. So I'll yeah. pause there. Yeah, that is. <laughs> thank you so much for that. Uh, that is extremely important. I actually wanted to start out this conversation of saying how important it is during this time, especially to be reaching out to people that can uplift you, people that can inspire you, people that can empower you, help you change perspective. I found that that was one of the biggest things in my own life that supported me, that sort of saved me in a way, was to view life from another perspective. If I can get on the other edge, on the other end, and I can look back, I can see a different perspective. And that opens up so much opportunity and possibility. And I absolutely love that. You mentioned mm. once again in this, in this dialogue now, there were so many nuggets. So I really want people to just be mindful as you listen to this episode and try and find like those little connections because it keeps going back to a few things. And like some of the things that you said were like, again, being intentional about your day, how you started up. Um, the other thing was quite, quite awesome, which I don't think a lot of people do is to acknowledge that, that like the space you're in. If you are anxious, mm. don't fight it. Don't like neglect it and say it's not there. Just acknowledge it. That's such a great start because now we can, uh, now we can start working with it and understanding it mm. and getting past or working through it, whatever needs to be done at that point. But I mean, that, those were a few, so many, like you mentioned so many cool things about, about that. And Another thing was the, the positivity movement. I spoke about that in, I think, two or three episodes back as well, how I used to be in that train. I used to just be positive all the time and with neg negative mm. things happen, I'm like, mm, 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 I'm not seeing that. So I'm sort of like switching yeah. a blind eye. And I think in some cases it can help, like for the moment, but eventually you need to deal with a lot of things that might be wrong. So mm. once again, bringing back to the point that you, you need to acknowledge whatever needs to be done or whatever needs to be dealt with. And that 
brings us back to the idea of what you spoke about in terms of do you then you then ask yourself the question do you have the ability to work with whatever it is that you're working with because as you mentioned some people are struggling just with things like the the addictions uh, such as smoking they're running out of cigarettes mm. they're running out of mm. booze and then i start shaking my hand like my hand and doing the face palm <laughs> where i'm like that is a call that is a call to grow that is mm. a that is an opportunity to go through that pain, whatever it might be, whatever it might look like for you, and to say, right, mm. I've acknowledged, right? Acknowledge that I'm struggling. I need help. Mm. What's the next step? How can I get through this? Instead of just being anxious all the time and not and just wanting to sort of feed that addiction again. So once again, mm. so many interesting things that you point out. And I just want to point out the one last thing before I go to the next part is you mentioned the woman who spoke about her, her vision board. And it's not looking like, like 2020. And once again, like an idea that popped into my mind or like a phrase was, I actually read it recently and it said, you, you never like rejected, you're always redirected. And even if you look at your mm. board and you think of your vision as being rejected, I think if we can change the, the phrase, if we can change the, the, the perspective on, no, I'm not rejected or this hasn't been um, taken away from me, but rather I've just mm. been directed to where I need to be now to get wherever I need mm. to go next. And I think that's, that's also one crucial thing. So it's so interesting how you also get to work with your clients and see these, these types of things. Mm. Now you spoke about endurance and I also, I used to hate endurance. <laughs> like I couldn't stand <laughs> doing something that's painful for a long, like a, a, a long time, right? So endure mm. something, like you said, that's stressful or painful. I, I remember back in school, I used to be the, the hundred meter sprinter because I liked short sprints. <laughs> Obviously it was a strength, but then also it was largely due to the fact that I hated doing the 1.2, the 1.2 <laughs> kilometers and running a far, like far distances. And then last year, I speak about this um, a lot actually is, is, I said to myself, while I was in conversation with someone who I was coaching, because I also do fitness training. And I said to her how I don't do far distances. I'm not a far distance runner. I can't do a marathon. I'm a sprinter. Mm. And as I said that, I've been learning how to catch simple things that I don't mm. like about myself. Like I shouldn't be saying, mm. I can't, I can't. Maybe I can. Mm. Let me mm. try that. Mm. And then I said to myself, you know, let me set up this big goal. And even if I don't achieve the marathon, at least I was training six months to get to 30 Ks at least or something. At least I grew in mm. some way. And I set that goal and six months later, I actually did my first marathon last year. Yeah, Two months after that, I, run, I ran another one. Earlier this year, I did my third. I was signed yeah. up for, for the Two Oceans Marathon. So for those that don't know, the mm. Two Oceans is like a ultra marathon that happens here in Cape Town. And Man, mm. I was looking forward to that. Obviously, it got canceled due to COVID. Yeah. But that also taught me so many things about my mind, about myself. Mm. It taught me yeah. so much more than I can actually say now. Like there was so much value in just, even if you're not an endurance type of person, just doing that teaches you so much about yourself. So I think my question mm. is going to go towards where do we start if we want to build endurance and do we actually need endurance in our lives? Like, is that a crucial component to living this resilient sort of life. Do you think endurance can be built in? Should it? And if so, how do you suggest we go about it? Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, a few great things in there. Firstly, I think that, you know, I, I've, I have a few practices or a few hobbies that I really enjoy and they kind of bookmark or bookend my days. So meditation is one of them which I do morning and evening, and then I, uh, I run. And so endurance for me comes out of a direct experience. And I think that one of the most important relationships to develop in our lives within the, like, my relationship to myself is the most important relationship in my life. Justine, my wife, knows that. My daughter, Ruby, knows that. If I want to be a better whatever, I've got to be better with me first. How long did that and take? What the relation with myself to to convince yes. others to that that is the first uh, the most important thing. Well, fortunately, Justine and I have been on the same path, uh, very aligned for many years. We share Great. the same vision and values, 
And uh, we did our first meditation course together many years ago in India and have continued to practice together. So morning, this morning we sat for an hour as part of our Love it. start. And um, within that relationship to myself, one of the first most important relationships is my relationship to pain. Hmm. My relationship to pain and my relationship to what I want, right? And then what, we change for two main reasons. We change because something becomes too painful or we change because we really desire and want something. Now, most people will be forced through pain to change and less people will be moving towards the desire and the vision of what they want for their lives, right? It's just, there's no judgment on it, but it's like, I'll be in my comfort zone as long as I can. Quick example, and then I'll come back to myself. A client of mine, yes, on uh, Tuesday, he's been trying to drive an IT project for two years to get more digitally kind of uh, ready. Um, in the space of 10 days, they achieved more than they have for the last two years and more than they would in the next six months because the reality is, hey, we need to change. And he's in a, uh, an industry and a business where they – they didn't see that that was so necessary. Now they see it's vital. Okay, Just geez. as an example. Yeah, right? so COVID-19 is like the coach. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. Just force, it forces upon mm. us. So how are you and I going to respond to that? Which is why that question that I come to every morning is how do I want to show up today? How do I want to mm. show up in the face of the fact that I didn't have a great night's sleep? Mm. I'm feeling a little bit down today, but I've still got three, four meetings coming up. Mm. And my role in that space is to hold space for others. So what do I need to do in order to shut up? Let's say for Chris right now, well, I need to make sure I run. And I don't feel like running, but guess what? I'm going to run, right? Oh, Unless committed. my body's not feeling up to it. Right? <laughs> yeah, I've committed. That's my commitment. So, so going back to the first focus for me around my relationship to myself is to become more comfortable with the relationship with pain. And the more comfortable I've become with pain, the more actually I, 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 I don't seek it out. I think that's a bit sadistic, um, mm -hmm. but I welcome it. Well, not sadistic, whatever the other word is when you inflict it on yourself, masochistic. I, I welcome pain more and more. I don't say when it comes, I'm like, oh, I'm so excited, it's pain. But I have been able to open the door to allow it in quicker and allow the door to be open quicker because, and I'll tell you why for me, is that when I allow pain in firstly, it's less painful. That's the first thing that happens. I already disempower pain by recognizing it and allowing it in rather than trying to hold that door closed as long as you can. Good luck with that. It's coming. It's going to come. So use whatever you want to use to medicate or avoid or run away. That's fine. I don't want to do that anymore because it didn't get me anywhere. So the first part is get comfortable with the relationship to pain, learn to learn from pain, learn to internalize pain, and learn to change my relationship completely to the point that when I feel pain now, my experience and relationship to it is fundamentally different. It goes something like, you know, oh, I don't really want you here, but you are here. Okay, let's see what I can learn and what I can do. And I know that I'm going to get through this. Why? Because I've got stacked up hundreds of experiences that tell me that I will endure and I will go through this pain. So as soon as pain knocks on the door and I open the door and it comes in, it goes, half my work's already done. Okay, so now let's do the real work that I'm really here for. And that's tough. I'm not saying that's easy. Yeah. But I've, I've, I've deflated the balloon of pain by quite significant amounts. And so what then starts happening to pain is it becomes a partner and it starts supporting me. And when pain becomes a partner, it becomes a trigger for me to uh, know when it's being too much so I can also overuse that and know when it's at the right level. And then it creates space for the other part, which is what do I desire? What's my vision? What do I want to move towards? So if I can integrate the pain into my relationship to myself, then I equally make more space and I open the door and I start going into the room that says, Gavin, who do you want to be in the world? How do you want to live? What would you like your life to look like? And for sure, it's not always going to be like the way I want it, but it's more and more like that because I have a relationship to pain that's now useful and valuable in my life. And it opens up the freedom and the creativity and the narrative to say, well, how do I want to live? And so if I take these two wings of a bird, they balance better in my personal life. I'm not saying they always balance by no means, but if you take me back 15, 20 years or 10 years, the pain was much stronger as a muscle. And I was flying in circles most of the time, bumping into the walls, getting lost. Whereas now it's less so because there's a better balance. So 
I can't even remember your first question, but or the last question, but relationship to pain. I guess if there was one thing I'd want people to take away from mm. this conversation is sit down and think about what is my relationship to pain and how can I have a better relationship to pain? If it was like any other relationship to a friend or colleague or family member, that whether you like it or not, maybe it's family, you stuck with it for the rest of your life. So maybe it's better to get into a better relationship to pain because then I use pain as a motivator. I use pain as a change agent. I use pain as something that's inviting you. Um, and that then through that muscle developing, I can use the tremendous energy that comes from pain when it comes to the door and actually, as you said earlier, reframe or redirect it, redistribute its energy to where I want to take it. So anyone, wherever you're at, again, going back to choice, has the choice to say, well, when pain next comes in, let me learn, and this is an important part we haven't spoken about and probably we should front end everything with. My relationship to my body is the central part of what makes me successful as a human being and success not just outwardly but inwardly. And we have been so taught and in many ways brainwashed to be away from our bodies, to medicate it, to ignore it, to push through certain... I need to learn and I have learned and I keep trying to learn what does my body want from me or need from me now? And when the pain gets triggered, if I can observe pain just for pain without my mental story on top of it, then, as I said, it comes into the room much more with, with less power over me. And then if I can observe the physiological sensation of pain, how it affects my breathing, how it affects where it comes into my body, where it congregates most, and I start learning to watch the pain, the sensations in my body will start changing and making space for other feelings and other sensations, which might be um, maybe there's an excitement that comes out that I actually do want to change or whatever it might be. I, Maybe use this small example with my daughter, Ruby, is, is a fairly good athlete. And whenever she runs a race, she gets really nervous before the race. And she's not as bad as I was when I was at school. I sometimes hid away in the bathroom and then came out and said, oh, I missed the starting line because I was so nervous. <laughs> but to learn that there's such a similar feeling in our body to excitement and nervousness. And pain, by the way, is not just one feeling. It's got different nuances to it. So the more I get to understand and be in touch with the nuances in my body, the more I realize that pain is made up of multiple feelings and experiences, which are also emotional and mental. And when I start observing them and build that muscle, again, day to day like a push-up, then slowly but surely I can use that um, in my body to understand when it comes in, to understand its triggers, and then to redirect it and be with it in a way that actually serves me and serves my growth and development which can include not going for a run today or not having that call because I actually need to rest and recover, which is a key part um, of success and fulfillment is managing the breaks and the recovery and the energy in my day, which is something I'm really passionate about and I think is um, really critical. So I'll pause there. I don't even know what I answered in your question, but those are some of the things that I, I think are quite important. I think also, like I mentioned before, if, if we just flow with this conversation, I felt that, to be honest, that did answer the question because my question was, how do we build endurance? And to build mm -hmm. endurance, what I've also found is you need, to, you need to understand what your pain is for you and then work through that. What I mean is, like when I started uh, training for my marathon, one kilometer was, it was so painful. It was excruciating. So running just one kilometer was death. And then as mm. I ran more, I started to condition. So I started, my, my body also started adapting. The other thing was mm. my mind started adapting. I was able to say yes more, like I can mm. do this. I can get through this because that's mm. also something I think that a lot of people miss and, and seeing that it's not always just the physical part of you that needs to go through that, but also mentally and emotionally. We also need to like step into that as well and condition our minds and our emotions as well to go through that. Yeah. So what I took from that, what you just said, you said quite a lot once again, and I think there's a lot of nuggets in there, which is great. And one is that we, uh, how I wrote it down, as I said, we blow up pain in our minds. So mm, we, we, totally. we blow up this idea of what it is, but if you step into it, it's like fear. When you step into it, 
it's bad, but it's not that bad. It's not, it's like, it's not going to kill you. It's going to grow you. It's going to make you stronger. And also, so with that is just changing your relationship to pain. And then something that stood out for me was the people either change by how I wrote it down as inspiration or desperation. So that's what I learned from Tony Robbins years ago is, is, that day that you change, that big change in your life, it's going to come from either you going towards your desire or life coming at yeah. you and say, no, sorry, this needs to happen like COVID-19. And I think yeah. so many things that you mentioned is so once again, valid and revel- um, relevant to what's happening today with COVID-19. So I just want to thank you for all mm-hmm. those great answers and, and deep, I don't know, just deep ideas that people can go and ponder about. But we are getting mm. to the end of our conversation, which sucks. I think we, we just <laughs> went with this and I actually love that. I love when it just flows. So I want to mm. bring us now within that conversation to, to what I call the three impact questions. And it's just three short mm. questions that people can go and, um, or three action tips rather, that people can go and mm. implement and think about whatever after the show. So cool. I'm going to jump into them one by one. So one question one is just, what is one small action that someone listening to this podcast now can, what, what is that action that they can take straight after this discussion to deal with their uncertainty in a more empowering way? Like we might've mentioned it in this episode, but now it's a good way to like summarize that and bring it to like one action step. A very simple thing to do is if you, if you are listening at this point, as soon as this wraps up, sit quietly for a few minutes Close your eyes, observe your breath, try not to do anything else. It's a very, very challenging practice, that in itself. And if it helps to have a question in that space as you quieten your mind, you can simply just watch your breathing by putting your hand on your stomach and feeling the movement. It's an amazing thing. We, we have breath with us 24-7 from the moment we're born to the moment we die and we pretty much ignore it our whole lives. And so... If you put your hand on your stomach, you notice that when you breathe in, your stomach actually expands. And when you breathe out, it actually contracts. So as as you do that for a few moments, I would say the question to yourself is, what's the core message that I take out of this conversation that will help me personally? And rather than trying to figure that out, let that answer come to you. Because something would have landed at some point um, hopefully many things, but one thing will anchor, or one thing will really grip for you, or hook. Take that piece, write it down, put it on a post-it, put it in your workstation and make sure it's visible for you as your theme or your action over the next few days and weeks. And as you feel more comfortable with that, then build from there. The most important thing that I would say from this time is sit quietly for a few moments before you rush into the next thing. And that includes me and you. My next call is in half an hour. I've already prepared for it so that after our call, I can take a few minutes just to sit quietly and reflect on what grew in me through this conversation and what I take away. So that would be what I would encourage. And then second question is, what is one thing that we should stop doing that is perhaps limiting our ability to be more resilient? Sure. I mean, I think there's a lot um, that we could minimize or stop. Probably the one I would say is stop prioritizing your device above being present. And that includes me, right? So, you know, whatever it is that I use my device for, it's got such value. But as one of my clients who actually works for one of the big tech companies said, it's also a great trickster because it provides, like if there was a fire in my home or your home, what's the one thing you're probably going to take aside from your laptop or probably before it is your mobile device, right? Yes. Lots on the cloud, but still, that's probably what we'd go to. Everything's in there. So the one thing to stop is allowing this device, me, you, everybody else, to dominate and take over and often run our day. Use it well. I must use it well, but not more than that. As soon as it goes over that I'm using it well, then it becomes something that uses me. And when we talk about addictions, by the way, addictions are we addicted to anything because it comes from a sensation in our body. So we're not actually addicted to alcohol or food or work or devices. We're addicted to the sensations in our body and the chemicals in there. So when I have an adrenaline or cortisol spike, I reach for something. Um, when I have a dopamine hit, I also want to reach for something. How can I be present? That's actually getting away from the addiction. So 
So I would say change the relationship maybe rather than stop it, but change, adjust the relationship to my device. That would be really helpful for me for sure. And I'm sure for many other people listening. I think that's valid for, let me say 100% of people listening to this podcast. I would have said 99, but those people that aren't on their phones or don't have phones uh, probably won't be listening. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I, I hope my daughter's listening as well. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah, no, I absolutely love that. Um, if you can change your relationship with that, that is, that is really a big one. So the last question that I want to ask you is, and I think you just mentioned it within your answer for question one, but let me ask you anyway. So what is the one question that someone should go and ponder about after this discussion? That is it. What is one question that you want someone to go and ponder about? And I'm going to tell you what I got from your first, your, your, your answer from your first, from the first question is that you said you must go and think about or ask yourself, what is it, is it that I want to take from this conversation after listening to it? Like, what is the one thing that stood out mm. for me? I just want to make sure that's it. Or do you want to sort of just amend, amend that a little bit? Well, I, I love double clicking into things. So I would say that it's, a, it's then a deeper question. Mm. And the question goes something like, if I knew that I've extracted good value from this conversation, and I want to implement it in my life right now. What do I want to change? And how will I go about ensuring I sustainably change those one, two, or three things? Absolutely so love two it. questions. No, I love it. I love it. Uh, as, as long as it's less than three. More than three people start <laughs> going <laughs> wild. <laughs> so, yeah, guys, just be, if I can sort of like just sum it up, be mindful. Be intentional, build your habits mm. by taking the action. So, yeah, uh, Gavin, where can people get hold of you if they want to get in touch with you, uh, learn more, but like learn more, but about you, or just get in touch with your service to get like um, just get in touch with you about your services that you have to offer. Yeah, so I mean, there's a few platforms. Um, firstly, uh, so two different businesses. The one is um, uh, www.virtualcoachingpartners.com. Um, so that's our online global coaching business. Um, and then the other coaching business uh, is uh, my name, so www.gsicoaching.com. Um, so those are the two kind of websites. Um, and then LinkedIn. I'm fairly active on LinkedIn. Um, I really enjoy the platform. I like to put out um, short blogs, articles, and videos from time to time. So you can always reach out to me from there. And then uh, my email uh, is connect, like connection, at uh, my whole name, gavinshaskolsky.co.za. So you can put that in the, the notes. And if you want, I can obviously pop those over to you. Um, yeah. So thanks for that opportunity to share that as well. Definitely. So there you go, guys. If you are struggling to find that, or even before you try and find that, just go into the show notes of this episode. I will be adding it there. So it's like a quick, quick one for you just to go and click and then be directed to his websites. So yeah, just to finish off, um, in what way, Gavin, would you like to inspire, empower, or impact the world? For me, it's actually quite simple. Be the example to myself that I want to live. So whatever my values and my purpose is, if I sit on my deathbed and I look back and I've maintained and managed to do that for most of the time, then, you know, that for me is the example and the impact. And so it's, if I had to, I guess, express that in a couple of characteristics, it would be, or behaviors, it would be um, to serve uh, humbly, uh, to keep learning and growing, to build endurance, um, and to have no, you know, to aim to have non-judgment and kindness towards all people around me. Um, so to make the world a better place through non-judgment um, and love and care um, and a willingness to always grow and learn. And uh, yeah, so that's what I would say. Oh, thank you so much for that. I just want to firstly just say thank you for being on the show. Second, I just want to say that I do really admire the work that you do and admire the fact that you can help people out there who are struggling to navigate through life, especially during this time. And just thank you for showing up 
and committing to the things that you say you're going to do because that inspires so many people around you. So if people aren't telling you that or aren't seeing that, um, I just want to sort of like publicly acknowledge that and say, well done, keep it going. Hmm. Uh, you inspire a lot of us. And just thank you for yeah, all the work that you do in the world. I think um, we don't get enough or people don't get enough credit for what they're doing. So just keep it up. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, Chris. And I've really enjoyed A, the conversation and B, um, you know, your presence, your ease, you're very kind of straight up and authentic and you have a deep care, um, you know, for making a difference in the world. And it's uh, wonderful to be on your platform and to have you leading um, in that space. So I wish you all the best um, going forward in this endeavor. <clears throat> and thank you so much for having me on the show. I've really enjoyed our time. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Gavin. Chat to you soon. All right, man. Cool, Cheers. man. Cheers. And that is how we wrap up this episode. I hope that you feel empowered. I hope you feel stronger after this session. I hope that you feel some sense of some sense of ease and perhaps some sense of optimism where you can now think about life, your own life in a different way. Perhaps you can think about it in the way that you can approach it differently from, from an endurance perspective, from an optimistic perspective, from the pers perspective of we are all going through uncertainty and you can utilize what has been said today in your own life and make a difference, make an impact. There are subtle things that he said, so I'd like you to listen back to this episode if you want to and go and find the nuances, find the things that make sense to you, find the things that that you can take with you after this episode and can act on. So that's all from me for this episode. If you enjoyed the episode, I'd love if you can share this episode with others out there who might also resonate with the content that we are sharing and also just who can perhaps benefit from embracing uncertainty. Uh, for perhaps someone who can learn to tap into their own endurance, you know, the power of endurance in their own lives. So if you found any of this useful, please stay subscribed. Please let us know how this episode went. And then the last thing, the last uh, call to action today actually would be to join our community group where we add the accountability, we go and we take the action steps and we change our lives within that group. So that's Hive Mind on Facebook or just search Exploring Possibility, Expanding Human Potential, any of those three phase, uh, phrases and that's going to take you to the Facebook group called Hive Mind, which is an exclusive community for the Exploring Possibility podcast. It's going to be awesome. I'll see you in the group. I'll see you after this discussion in the Hive Mind. If not, get in touch. That's about it. And guys, I'll see you in the next episode of Exploring Possibility. So don't be afraid to go and explore and find that possibility, guys. Go and expand your potential. See you next time.